Apparently, there's a lot you don't know about Vince. I mean, the last two people that saw him in action kind of disappeared. What do you mean they kind of disappeared? What, is it? what do you mean? Well, we found a piece here and a piece there. But don't you worry. Here, have a cup of coffee. You're safe now, and we're going to see that you stay that way. That's our job. If you help us, we can help you. If you testify against Vince about what you saw, we can put him away for the rest of his life. Are you crazy? You're telling me this guy is a mad criminal and you want me to testify? Do you know what's going to happen? He's going to track Delores. me down. He's going to kill me. Can I call you Dolores? You can call me anything you want as long as you keep me alive. We wouldn't put you at risk if we couldn't protect you. Right. It'll only take a couple of months to get a court date. Just a couple of months? Only a couple? Why not a year? But a couple of decades, Two man. months, we had you out, then you testify. No. No. No, it's just for a little while, then you can come back. Really? What are you going to do? You're going to stick me in a bag and bury me? Forget it. If you testify, I'm going to put you in the last place on or the Vince would ever look for you. Welcome back to the show, everybody. Welcome back. Hi there, listeners. It's good to be here. It is great to be here. We've got another doozy of an episode for you. My name's Pete. And I'm Scott. And And these are are the the movies that made us gay. Yay! Got another good one. We got a great one today. A movie that... Super fun. I used to fucking love this movie as a kid. Yeah, totally. Loved it. I still love it. Yeah? Well, first, I'd like to introduce our very special guest, a very good friend of mine, Welcome to the podcast, Joshua Clement. Hello. Yay. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the show, man. How's it going? It's great. I am so happy to be here for a movie that so very made me gay. <laughs> We've been talking about your episode for a while, and it's yeah. almost happened. Yeah. Uh, in the bubble. In the... Yeah. Percolating. We've had mm-hmm. a, We've had a couple of uh, we've, false starts with... We've had a couple of with, false starts. On as, as he got guests. sick once, but now you are here... Yeah, you're queer and you're ready to talk about <laughs> 1992's Sister Act with Yay. Whoopi Goldberg. Oh Whoopi, Whoopi, legend. Yeah. A movie that we just got done watching it because I love to watch movies with our guests. Yes, that's and always fun. We got the opportunity to watch it with you, and a movie that I think holds up. It's still really, really funny. It really brings the laughs. Yeah, for still sure. got it for sure. It's it's loaded full of jokes. So, do we want to talk about when we first watched <laughs> Sister Act? Does do all of you remember? Sure. When you first saw it? Sure, Josh. I, I mean, I know I was a little kid. Yeah. Um this was my first introduction to Whoopi, although something tells me I may have seen Clara's Heart okay. with Neil Patrick Harris before this. Okay. But my whole like ghost color purple I, I did that all after. Yeah. Same. I did yeah. it all after Sister Act. And we're we're close to the same age yeah. too. So I was a young kid, yeah. loving this movie, go to VHS, and it it, it made the the rounds. So yes. I'm pretty sure that I first watched Sister Act with my grandparents. Aww. And I just remember being so charmed by Whoopi. Because I know that it was one of those things that I knew she was. Because <laughs> I want to say that she was just a staple of television she had been on sesame street so i knew who she was but this was like yeah like like you it was my first introduction to just a whoopee vehicle on a yeah on a, on a grand stage okay yeah and i remember just thinking she was so hilarious yes she's really funny in this and i i remember seeing sister act two back in the habit in the theater too okay i didn't see that one in the theater yeah. either also waited <laughs> it was released during the holiday season too this was a summer movie Released Summer. May of 1991. Two. No, oh, 
1992. There's kind of a summer feel to this. We're mm-hmm. outside sure. yeah, yeah, yeah. in the graffiti. Yeah. Pete, when did you first see Sister Act? Do you remember? Um, I'm pretty sure I saw it in the theater. Um, I had a long storied history with Whoopi. Um, I loved Jumping Jack Flash. You introduced me to Jumping Jack Flash. I did. I loved it. A great movie. It's super funny. Have you seen Jumping Jack Flash? Yes. She's very funny in it. I really feel uh, kind of like Whoopi played these characters in the 80s in these comedies where, you know, they would never sexualize Whoopi. You know, she was a comedian. Um, she played quirky characters because she looked different, you know, like she had, she always had like the braids going on. Like she always would wear like fancy sneakers. Like she had like Reebok thing happening. Like she had a very specific look. And so when she did these, these roles in these movies and especially in in Jumpin' Jack Flash, she played this character that was just a little they were very whoopy characters you know mm-hmm. she used a lot of her personality in in these performances their roles tailored to her they are and she played in Jumpin' Jack Flash she played like a bank teller but like she was like working on a computer but it's like <laughs> 1986 so it's like she's doing weird international banking but like everybody had these desks in these cubicles and they were just like these very drab spaces and Whoopi had like toys all over her her desk and <laughs> she had she like you know she had like just funny posters in her cubicle and I was just like I love that that's just this irreverent you know kooky person I was always drawn to that you know and so I liked it from that I I remembered uh, comic strip live being a very small kid and seeing her and Robin Williams and and uh, Billy Crystal hosting well, comic strip live on HBO but just being really little like six or seven. Um, and just thinking she was so funny. And um, yeah, I love this movie immediately. I feel like there was a lot of the indie theater scene. Yes. She, she's, yes. She's just basically plucked from that yes. scene. She was famously discovered Hollywood. by Mike Nichols. Yeah. Well, a lot of the, the mm-hmm. thing is people people uh, kind of have this idea of Whoopi being a stand-up comic. And she actually wasn't a stand-up comic. It was yeah. a one-woman show. She just sort yeah. of fell yeah. into it with characters. Yeah. Right. But it was never stand-up comedy. Mm-hmm. She was never working at like Caroline's or like the Ha Ha Ha. It was <laughs> she was working stages in in New York City. It like, wasn't like a theaters. It wasn't like a like a brick backdrop. No, with the like bolo a coffee tie. house. No, no, yeah. no. She mm-hmm. never did that. It, it was, was like solo shows. Yeah, it was a one-woman show and it went to Broadway and it was huge and Mike Nichols saw it and it was she was the toast of New York and the indie theater scene and and was kind of discovered that way. Yeah. And so, and what she did plays like stand-up comedy. You know, I, I have I have it on vinyl, <laughs> and it plays like stand-up when you listen to it. But it is a it is a story, and it's a, she's telling stories, and she has characters, much like like John Leguizamo's like early stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, this movie. Uh, somebody mentioned it ha- having it in VHS. This movie. I feel like they ran so many VHS copies of this. Well, it's- it was at the time when VHS started to get affordable. Like, you could yeah. probably buy this at the grocery store for, like, $25 maybe. That must have been it. And then, yeah. so that's why everyone had this movie. Yeah. Did it get played a lot on cable? Oh, I'm sure it did. Yeah. Because, I mean, I remember seeing it multiple times. Mm-hmm. We probably had it on VHS as well. So, um, we watched it in school. My religion teacher oh, showed wow. it <laughs> Yeah. yeah. A little Catholic school times? Yeah. We, uh, he was actually, he was a religion teacher and he was also kind of like the head of like the choir. Hmm. And one, like over 
two or three days we watched it in class. Was he going to teach you some lessons about what it's like to be in dirty Reno? I guess, what it's I like guess. to be running from the mob? <laughs> Somebody asked him, like, why are we watching this? Like, what does this have to do with anything? And he said, inspiration. He was really trying to get the choir program off the ground at an all-boys high school. Nobody wanted to join freaking choir. So it was all about that last half. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exa- exactly. So, But he let us make, like, a band. So he was like, okay, well, does anybody play instruments? And it was the 90s, so we were all like, yes, we all play guitar and nothing else. Everyone just plays bass. <laughs> yeah. So we actually did some little, like, uh, we did church music with on our, like, electric guitars. Wow. It was fun. <laughs> and that was partially inspired by, you know, and then watching the Pope, Sister Act And then the Pope came in the, the town, and then he wanted it. to see you. Yeah. He's like, talk. tell me about this boys' school that was built over a cemetery. I hear there's ghosts mm-hmm. and a cool and a cool like electric guitar choir, yeah, and that's how I got famous. Um, yeah, so that was that was my history with Sister Act. So um, let's talk about this movie, man. Okay, that so opening. so we're introduced <laughs> in Reno, and I love that it's Reno. Like it's not it's Vegas. Not, not Vegas, Vegas is a little too like that. Those are the big leagues. This yeah. is Reno, right? Yeah, I guess that's just to, to kind of show how like low rent she is. Not the, only is she a lounge singer. I mean, this is the famous city where you go to Vegas to get married, you go to Reno to get divorced. A quickie divorce. Mm-hmm. We're on a tiny little stage yeah. in the back of the casino. Yeah. So I remember being a kid and not getting this joke at all. So that I used so to see empty. that it's an empty casino mm. and... It's just kind of sad. There's all these old people playing slots in the audience, but I didn't get that as a kid. I just saw, oh, they have like a show, and she's got a show. Like, yeah, she's got a show. She's pretty successful. I mean, because even like their voices are pretty good. So you're just like, oh, well, they're like making it work. <laughs> this like this totally checks out. Yeah. But then when you revisit it now, like it's a funny joke of how. Just uh, no one's paying attention. Yeah, yeah no yeah. one's she's, paying attention to the show. She's trying to get that one guy to. Oh my be god! Engaged. She the way she's looking, just singing directly to this guy, making these like awesome whoopee, whoopee faces. mugging in this scene is so hilarious. I do happen to remember at the time, um, like entertainment news outlets just being like, and it's really whoopee singing, you know, mm-hmm. and just talking to whoopee and like, oh, and you sang for this, and and even whoopee going, I mean, yeah, I sang, but like, really, come on, you know, right? <laughs> she's 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 singing, she's doing it, but and in some ways, it's so fitting because yeah, yeah. you're the star of this Reno club, yeah. You you can, you're a singer, yeah. but you're not the best, yeah. There's there's reasons why she's at this casino in Reno, the Moonlight Lounge, right? But it works though. The yeah. arrangements are fantastic. Yeah, they are. They're really Motown good. medleys, people. <laughs> and I, it's interesting watching this now and like on like these huge TVs that we have now, and we're streaming it on on Disney Plus. Uh, we don't we don't have a, a, a coupon code for Disney Plus just Not quite yet. yet. <laughs> but we're streaming it on Disney Plus in in HD. This is the future. And seeing some things, noticing things now that you don't notice maybe on your smaller. TV when you're a kid or just you just don't have the eye for that kind of a thing but like the three of them the Ronnells yeah that's is that right. their name the Ronnells little little take off the they Ronettes. were they were not wearing matching dresses no they were just in the same color yeah. family yeah <laughs> so they didn't even have like costumes they're just like bring something gold the detail <laughs> yeah. yeah 
<laughs> yeah, and then we also we also noticed Whoopi's tattoo. That's yeah. right. on her chest. And so it's, it's Woodstock, and we were talking about of how when she went to the Oscars about like three years ago, and she wore a low cut dress. Oh, this was longer. And than that. everyone forgot Whoopi is fully has this gigantic tattoo right right above her breast. Right. And I remember like watching the red carpet interviews and be like, "Huh." Well, Whoopi. in this movie, it's just Woodstock the size of a quarter. Yeah, <laughs> like Whoopi. Tattoos. Who like who knew? It had it had been that long since we saw yep. some whoopee cleavage. Yeah. You know? No, this is true. Again, never sexualized. <laughs> never sexualized. <laughs> this is the most sexy we but ever But that's see funny because there's like outfits in this movie that I'm like, yeah, Whoopi's looking pretty hot <laughs> in this like a uh, bodysuit with a corset. But but we were talking earlier. Yeah. This is a, a young Jennifer Lewis. Yes. Mm-hmm. And uh yes, indeed. Charlotte Crossley, who mm-hmm. um would later be used in Mark Shaman's hairspray, but you know, Whoopi basically said that Jennifer Lewis taught her how to sing. Right. Yeah. Because they had they had both come from oh, yeah. the Harlettes. Yeah. Bette Midler. <laughs> yeah. Oh, we should talk about that. Yes. Okay. Oh, yeah. The origins. So, Jen- so Jennifer Lewis was a was a Harlett with, with Bette they Midler? They both were. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay, I didn't Which even know that. Which makes sense of why she's in this movie. Because this movie was conceived as a, as a touchstone vehicle. Because Bette Midler had a... A contract with Touchstone at the time, and this was supposed to be a big Bette Midler movie, and she didn't end up being in it. Do you know what the circumstances were that Bette Midler didn't end up being in it? I mean, I read something that in the end, after the script was worked on many many times by many people, eventually she kind of said, like, I don't think my fans want to see me as a nun or something <laughs> like that in the end. And it's one of those things that I could see this working with Bette Midler, but I'm so happy that it's Whoopi's movie. Oh, yeah, though. of course. But yeah, I could see that alternate universe. She could have made it work if she went the route... Uh, if her character was along the lines of her character in Outrageous Fortune. Yes. Mm-hmm. The the kind of like brassy, like Brooklyn, like woman. Loudmouth actress that yeah. somehow f- may, uh, found herself working at this shady nightclub in Reno. And like we were talking about, there's something to be said of the singing not being perfect. Right. Yes. Yeah. And in, in Bet is amazing. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 That's um, the thing. Her singing would have been... would have. Lawless. <laughs> next level yeah <laughs> yeah but um the the two backup i mean yeah they're backup singers <laughs> yeah. essentially because 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 dolores is really like she's singing leads in the in this yeah cabaret or whatever it is yeah and i love that um she's just kind of kind of towards the end of the song she's phoning it in and she's just like you guys don't give a shit <laughs> yeah let's get out of here struggles to get the mic off of the off of the mic stand well, okay, so there's a lot of there's a lot of really funny stuff in that mm-hmm. scene. There's like the mic <laughs> stuff. There's like Jennifer Lewis is like hitting her with her like hand choreography. She gives her a She's look. She's annoyed. Dolores Whoopi gives her a look. Dolores is annoyed <laughs> this entire mo- this entire like number. And so I think it's like kind of a lot of things leading up to her kind of saying, I'm done. Yes. You know. Yeah, I right mean, off the, the bat. And you must think that in this situation, they must be doing this show multiple times. Oh yeah, a night, multiple oh, yeah. times a or night. Day, yeah, or yeah, a night for sure. They have the they have the five o'clock show. They have the seven show, and then they have the midnight. Get the hell out of here. Yeah. The eleven the eleven p.m. show. Yeah, yeah, for sure. It's Reno. There's no windows or clocks. They're over it. Yeah. 
Um, so we see them backstage, and we, this is where <laughs> we find out that Dolores is seeing a married man. She's the mistress of the owner of the casino. I don't, is that the truth? I think that he owns the casino. Oh, I don't know. He's yeah. got a nice office. He's, he does, and also nice it's office. a it's kind of a Vegas thing that mobsters back in the day used to own casinos. Sure. So I think that's kind of what's happening. Here. Sure. All right, yeah. Is that whole Frank Sinatra thing? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they have exactly. their big, uh, their big office right above that looks out, that looks out onto the strip. So um, there's just this <laughs> scene <laughs> where they're backstage, and Dolores is Dolores is dressed. I mean, I can't, it's. <laughs> So hard to describe, but it's so it's wonderful. Pretty, it's pretty out of control. I mean, and super she, drag. She's wearing. It is directly out of Stacey Lane Matthews' closet. It's the signature gold lame like coat. She's got the Christmas coat on, but she's wearing it over what can only be described as uh, like a leather corset, or a, yeah, it's a leather corset mm-hmm. that she's wearing over like a bodysuit, a purple. Like a metallic purple bodysuit. And then what's that beaded mesh? Yeah, because bra- her bra is showing underneath. It's a purple bra, but then over top of that, that's part of the bodysuit, is like beaded okay. and like see-through. It's almost like a not quite a nude illusion. And then, But then she's wearing a, a corset over that. And it's um, one of those things and a as pink fanny a young gay kid that you just look at this character and you're just like, she looks amazing. <laughs> She well, looks great. Well, okay. Pretty going, much, she's running in heels. She is running in heels this entire time. Um, but like going back to like the beginning, what I said, like Whoopi looks. She has a very specific look. We know Whoopi to have, you know, big braids. That's just her thing. Uh, she kept the no eyebrows for this movie. <laughs> That's definitely a choice. They have appeared. Yeah. <laughs> Occasionally. Yes, we've seen them every now and then when she does period stuff. Um, but the first time we see Dolores, she's wearing like big. I mean. What I can only assume is a wig. Uh, but just big 60s girl yes. group hair, mm-hmm. you know. Then when we see her backstage, it's not that hair anymore, but it's still big. And it's not <laughs> quite um, Otome. <laughs> right. Uh, it's not Otome Brown was Otome's last name. It's not quite her character from Grace. not that. It's just big curly hair, but just it's, huge. It's very symmetrical. It's very symmetrical. It's, yep. very, it's, it's almost, like a triangle. It's like Selma Bouvier. Yes. Um, from The Simpsons. Uh, it's, yeah. And so that's the, that's kind of the look that she's got going on. Not It's very against what we normally see, you know, how we normally and you, see her. And this bodysuit gives her some curves. Yeah. You get to yeah. see some, like, whoopee ass <laughs> in this. Yeah, a lot of whoopee yep. in this. Although I do have questions if we are backstage sure. with the natural hair. Did she yeah. just put, did she pin anything down or she just put the wig on top of that? God, or and it... how does that get underneath the nun's habit? Right. She had the, she had the Logistics. tease, she yeah. had to tease that hair out so if, so is after that, that wig. So is that natural look another wig? Right. <laughs> Works the, either way. Because we only ever see her in that, in that hair. Right. Other than when she's wearing, got the. The first wig. It's supposed to give us the look of natural. Yeah, yeah, yes, yes. <laughs> so, um, but then we get this awesome scene, which I was never sure as a kid. So, um, was supposed just to, to set this joke. this clip up, uh, Harvey Keitel, I feel, was supposed to leave his wife, and it never happened. Yeah. And they sort of break up. Like, she's kind of just not having it that they that he won't make the relationship official. Yeah. And she storms out of his office when she finds out. That he didn't have the balls to break up with his wife. Yes, because he can't get a divorce because he'll go to hell. 
Yeah. That's what his priest told him. That's, that's exactly right. <laughs> <laughs> so then uh, we're, we're backstage with, with the Ronells. Well, at least you got something out of all of this. Come on, Dolores, open this yes. up. Why should I open this? I don't give a damn what's in that box. I don't care. I'll see what the man bought you. Why? Come on. Why? I want to see it. Fine. Okay. Let's look and see what it is. Oh, look oh, at this. Look at it this. Out. It's mink. Yeah. It's purple mink, Dolores. Oh. Oh, that's beautiful. Look. Oh. Here. Well, obviously, Mr. LaRocca feels he can win me back by sending me this absolutely <laughs> fabulous car. Mm-hmm. <laughs> put it on, put it it's on. It's beautiful. See, some girls will fall for that, but not me. I think I'm going to make him wait a little while before I just let him know that I... What? <sighs> Connie LaRocca. His wife's coat. Hank gave me his wife's coat. Oh, I don't Put it back on. It's yours now. You deserve it. No. I don't deserve it. I haven't earned it. You don't earn other people's wife's fur coats, okay? Yeah, the the way they react to the purple mink. I mean, we as the audience are supposed to understand that this is a tacky ass coat, right? <laughs> I, I think so. But I don't they know. Love, they love it. I remember thinking as a as a kid, that's a really beautiful coat. <laughs> it, it's, different. it's different. I don't think I've ever just seen a woman in a pink or in a, a, purple, in a purple, mink. purple mink coat. No one has. And this was like at the un PC time. That's a pimp jacket. This was like at the un PC time where just people could just wear fur this and just not get like flower thrown on them i don't know i think even in the early 90s people were getting red paint thrown on them for wearing fur it's just not as like taboo as it is now i, I just love that her name was connie laraca and then the yeah. music cue hits yes <laughs> the yeah. sad the sad saxophone music yeah of dolores yeah so i mean uh, eventually dolores goes up to i love that but i love the fur that she puts on when she's gonna go oh talk to harvey Keitel. yeah this like it's, two it's times like the tails. size. Yeah, it's, this it's like huge. Uh, Laquifa Watley. Yeah, it's it's fur coat that she leaves in. And I love how one of the backup girls is just conveniently putting all her makeup in her bag. <laughs> She's like, "You better stop." It's like she was clearly ready for Whoopi to leave the club. Oh like, yeah, yeah, that's a good little bit of business. Good business. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and and Whoopi plays it really well, also. Um, yeah. So I mean, ultimately, there's just this background story with the mob boyfriend and i want to mention that harvey Keitel and Whoopi, you wouldn't think that's kind you would think that's a mishmash couple but then when you see them together you're just kind of like yeah it works it works i buy this couple we do yeah would you agree yeah totally. and it's one of those things that i could see harvey harvey Keitel signing on with bet midler and yeah. then he just stayed on right with Whoopi, and it works it i does. buy it yeah but I mean, also, it's just like at, you have to think about. It's interesting in Hollywood, like when you have someone like Whoopi being your leading lady, and how are they going to cast against her? Because he's got to be a mobster. Yep, you've got to kind of fit like some kind of stereotypes. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, I think they had to tread some weird area there. And and you're mm-hmm. right about the like the the aspect of her being non sexualized before, yeah, because. 
they definitely established that it is from the get-go, mm-hmm. even in a PG movie here, yes. by, you know, he's shirtless and he's putting yeah. on his tank top and, and you know, he kisses her. Yeah. And it's, you know, clearly established, you know. Yeah. Because she's in, like, a nightgown. So, like, they just have sex, like, right before that scene, you know. So, very interesting for a whoopee, a whoopee character. The other mm-hmm. woman. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, we we have to just set up how she becomes Sister Mary Clarence. Is that she She witnesses uh, She witnesses a murder. Yeah. In the first she 10 walks minutes in, of this movie. She walks in to go tell him off and she sees his driver. Isn't it right? His driver. The one who gets shot. Who was just talking to the cops and yeah. they just shot him. Talking a little they too sh- long sh- at the they station. They shot him. Yeah. What did she say? They shot him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I forget the exact line. Yeah. Um, yeah. So she sees that. She runs out. She gets away from them and she goes straight to the cops. And um, yeah, that's when they decide that they've got to they've got to hide her out until until we can get a trial date for what's his name? Harvey Keitel's character. Oh, um, Vince. Vince. Yeah. Is Vince LaRocca. Yeah. That sounds about right. Um, so that's eventually how she makes her way to uh, to the church, to the sisters. St. Catherine's. St. Oh, I was wondering what the church yeah. was called. Yes. yes. In Saint San Francisco. St. Catherine's. Um, and you were mentioning about the location of the church. Yes. Right? I was reading that apparently it is it actually, it's an actually very nice affluent area of San Francisco. Right. That they dirtied up. And now as an adult, we, <laughs> we see that they've just put up graffiti. Yeah. Thrown trash and dirt around. Yeah. And uh, made it look dumpy. But it actually is a, is a nice area. That's interesting. Because San Francisco has its fair share of... Shitty neighborhood. <laughs> they probably just really liked the church, right? Probably, the, the exterior. Yeah. Because yeah. it is a really cool, like, it's got, like, these spires. It's just this very, it's like, super Catholic gothic. Looking. It's just a very yeah. gothic revival style I, church. I, I mean, watching this as an adult now, I have so many questions, like, how many churches still have nuns like this? <laughs> and, like, you know, yeah. And it's, it's even in the early 90s, would you have seen a convent with all of the nuns in full habit? Um, they're typically not like just part of a church. They're usually their own little thing, mm-hmm. you know. Um, but yeah, there's there's a must be some out there, right? There's a convent for Carmelite nuns right down the road in Alhambra um, or San Marino. Just chilling, you know. They do their thing. They're still around. Um, but yeah, they're uh, they're they're in the service of this church. Um, the uh, the mother superior is played by. Maggie Smith. Dame Maggie Smith. Dame, Dame Maggie, Maggie Smith. Looking uh, every bit as Maggie Smith as she ever has. It was a little confusing as a kid because we were go- about to go right, we were talking about this, going right into Hook. Yes. Where she's then aged up about 30 years. Oh, yes. Or and you don't know more. that as a kid that they gave her old lady makeup. So no, you just right. assume that she's, that she's an old woman. An old woman, like 80 years old. So. Now here we are in Downton movie area, and yeah. she's been old forever. forever. <laughs> she's been old to us for our whole for lives. For the past 30 mm-hmm. years, she's been And 80. it's one of those things that when she made uh, Jean Brody in like the 60s, she looked like an old woman then. And yeah. she was like 38, probably, when she made that movie. I mean, it's that thing. It's, it that, Angel- yeah. it's that Angela Lansbury thing, mm-hmm. where it's just we have this idea of what they look like as as mature women. So we go back, and you go, and you look at the prime of Miss Jean Brody, where she's in her probably later 30s. And, I mean, at the time, people, you know, in the 60s were just like, well, that's what Maggie Smith looks like. But, you know, a woman in her late 30s, in the 60s, 
looks like a woman in her late 40s, early 50s today. Right, because we're looking back going, is it just the hair and yeah. the makeup, or is it more? Well, also, the thing about this movie is that they're in the full Carmelite habit, and nuns don't wear makeup, you know, so they're made to look like they're not wearing any makeup at all. If they're, I mean, I doubt that they're not wearing makeup. They've got to be wearing something, but, right. but probably just some primer and foundation. But... Yeah, so it's like she looks at and all you see is her face. Her hair is completely covered. Everything is covered, so you just kind of see this like 58-year-old woman is what we what we found out and playing this severe character. Yeah, so that's yeah. what we get. And, and dressed as a nun, you just have this idea of nuns are old ladies. So I was know? trying to think of a backstory for Maggie Smith's character and this is what I came up with. Bear with me. <laughs> so I think that she was like Maria from The Sound of Music when she was like in her 20s. Uh-huh. And then she just like got broken down. And she just sort of <laughs> like... She lost the music. She just lost the music <laughs> and she just like had to go with being an uptight Catholic nun. So sure. I feel like at one time she was fun. She like would jam out with the choir with her tambourine and then she just lost all the joy. <laughs> and Sister Mary Clarence kind of reminds her of, her of the passion that she used to have. Right. That's what I got. I'll go with from it. it. And this church, you know, it's in a rundown neighborhood. Their congregation's really small. There's a bunch of like, you know, the winos as Sister Mary Roberts. I mean, there's a bar says, right across the street. You know, so I guess it would be easy to just fall back on like, you know, that would that would make anybody sad. The scaffolding <laughs> tells us it's in disrepair. Yes. And probably they probably run out of money all the time, so they can't, you know, finish. It's probably been like the scaffolding's been in the middle of this church for years now. It's, you know what they need, Pete? A hit choir to bring I mean <laughs> in the know, donations. If there's anything that's gonna get those asses in the seats. It's some it's some sixties girl group music. Um, immediately when Dolores is brought to meet Mother Superior, they both don't like each other right off the bat. Nope. Mother Superior is just like Well, they're both are just like, no, this isn't gonna work. The first impression. <laughs> nope. Yeah, yeah. And it's kind of I mean, it's interesting because it's just appearances really they don't even talk to each other before they've already made up their minds that this isn't you know this isn't going to work for them i could see where dolores is coming from you know how am i going to be a nun because it does suck her room sucks they have to get up at they have to be ready at five o'clock in the morning they have to go to sleep at 9 p.m totally not her (laughs) reno hours no completely off that's that's anybody's hours there's no tv I always found it kind of interesting that she didn't reference what we see in the beginning of young Dolores in those first mm-hmm. few minutes. Does she ever really reference her own past in Catholic school? She did when she, she did. talked about the uniform and that was it. That's when she right. was changing. Yep. As long changing. as I don't want to wear the uniform, that Catholic school uniform. But that's really it. Not her own dealing with nuns. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It was in a previous version of the script that they had to write out. <laughs> Yeah, the script went through a lot of rewrites. Carrie Fisher did a rewrite on this script. And I'm sure that Paul Rudnick had his hands somewhere in the script. <laughs> it strikes me as Paul Rudnick lines who did, like, Adam's Family Values. Mm. Yeah, that's true. And wrote his premiere magazine column. Sure. Yeah. But um, immediately when she first gets to the convent and she's talking to Mother Superior, she's talking to um, the police officer that brings her there we should mention that she's still in the same outfit too she hasn't changed she went from reno to san francisco yep. i mean on the red eye 
Because, yeah, she's still wearing the Stacey Lane Matthews gold, <laughs> gold LeMay coat. Um, but there's so much um, great, like, line delivery from Whoopi. There's so many little things that she's throwing out so there. So hilarious. Um, it's all just really funny. And when I was trying to, like, pull clips, I was just like, there's so much to get. And it would just almost be like a best of. Like, and then she said this. And then she said this. And then she talked right. about Clarence Clarence Williams III from the Mod Squad. Um, Sister Mary Clarence is so funny. Like that name, yeah. that name is so fun. I don't know why Sister Mary Clarence is like so funny. It just works. It just works, and it works for Whoopi and just like and yeah, you do think of like Clarence Williams the third from Link from the Mod Squad. Like, it, I know you're saying about the line delivery too because it's it doesn't feel it's not even that it feels improvised. Yeah. It just feels natural. Yes. Naturally yeah. funny. Yeah. Like how someone in that situation yes. would react to it. And it feels station. very and it feels very whoopy too. Yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. I'd like to offer a great big hi there and hello to Sister Mary Clarence. Hi. And as part of the welcome, I thought that maybe our new sister could offer today's blessing. Well, that is very thoughtful of you, Mary Patrick, but I really Oh yeah, yeah, I can I could do that. Uh, sure. Bless us, O Lord, for these thy gifts which we're about to receive. And yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of no food, I will fear no hunger. We want you to give us this day our daily bread and to the republic for which it stands. And by the power invested in me, I pronounce this Ready to eat. Amen. Amen. Comedy gold. <laughs> Kathy and Jimmy. So, like, so just cute. Movies that made us gay all-star. <laughs> Kathy and Jimmy. Every time you just look in her face oh in this movie, God. just like you're just like, oh. She's so just happy. She's happy to be there. She's so excited for Sister Mary Clarence to be there. She's just happy to welcome somebody new into the convent. Like, she is committed to... <laughs> Sister Mary Patrick. It's so genuine. Even at the table when they first start eating, it's like yeah. you just know who she is immediately from the yeah, get-go. for sure. And in the choir scenes, which we discovered in this movie, or this in this viewing, we don't get to for another half an hour. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's fully halfway through the movie until this, the real plot of this movie kicks yeah. in. We, we see the choir in church kind of early on, but Sister Mary Clarence does not get assigned to it for a long time but yeah uh kathy and jimmy as as mary patrick is is just a joy she's so funny and just like she's really committed to this character and giving it um should we talk about some of the other nuns um in in the convent mary patrick is it mary patrick mr mary patrick is the novice she's um so uh mary robert Oh, Mary, I'm sorry. Mary Patrick is is uh, Kathy and Jimmy. Mary oh, Robert. Mary Robert. Robert is played by Wendy McKenna. Mm-hmm. Yes. She's like the more reserved one. And Mary Robert is the all-star breakout, like, singing. Yes. Mm-hmm. She's the one that, like, belts she it can out. Wail. Yes, she can wail. She's got, like, the Christina Aguilera, like runs at then you know and in, in the big performances in this movie and that's the one that you're watching as a kid just going 
yes, that could be me if I was in this choir. <laughs> and, if I was a nun. And I feel like Mary Rob, uh, S- Sister Mary Robert has some very tender moments with Whoopi. Like yes, when she, she does. When she comes into her bedroom and she she knows that like she has trouble waking up, so she mm-hmm. gives her the flower alarm clock, which mm-hmm. I think is a very sweet scene. Yeah. And it's cute because it's this super 70s yeah. little plastic toy alarm clock for kids that she just has and it's one of those things that as a kid when you're around priests and nuns and people in that kind of like i don't know job field whatever you just kind of always think like nuns have just always been nuns you know like priests were always like that's just what they do. Like, like you said, you're you're married to the big guy. You're his old lady. You know, yeah. like it's this very like specific, especially with nuns too. Like with priests, because you don't really interact with them that much. But with nuns, it's like if they're teaching you or whatever. And here's Mary Robert coming in talking about her brother and not being able to wake up for school as a kid. And you're like, yeah, she's just like like a person, you know. Like every yeah. like nun was like a little girl at one point, like waking up to go to school in the morning and it's like so she gave her this like this this cute little um super 70s alarm clock and she set it for 5 a.m so that mary clarence could get up because she's not used to waking up she was fully in their full full nun uniform in, in bed. i just fell asleep 20 minutes ago go go away yeah. go away there are no pajamas yeah no. What, where, what's the the church mary clarence says she's from the ladies of the night what is that what is <laughs> ladies of the moonlight ladies, ladies of the, the moonlight moon, the moonlight lounge the church yeah. she's from i love she came that. from the the church of jennifer lewis yeah ladies and they of the moonlight. and she ministered to all the what did she say all the pimps and the hookers <laughs> Yes. Before Maggie Smith needs to intervene, and we have Buckwheat Bertha, one hooker named Buckwheat Bertha. I want to hear more about Buckwheat Bertha. She never finished her story. No. Um, well, she was telling the story to one of the other sisters, Mary Lazarus, played by the icon. Oh my goodness, uh, Mary Wicks. Mary Wicks. You might remember Mary Wicks from a million things. From a million things, she was always the nosy. A nosy best friend, a nosy secretary. I remember her from, uh, she was the receptionist from White Christmas. A nosy receptionist. A nosy hotel My receptionist. My favorite yeah. character of White Christmas, <laughs> a movie that I make Pete watch every single year. Yes. And I love her scenes in that movie. I still don't get what that movie's about. Do you say it's very white? It's very, oh, it's very, it's, it's the white people stuff right there. Um, that movie is. I've always thought that you could trade out um, Mary Wicks with Thelma Ritter. And mm. any of All About Eve, yes. Rear Window, yes, it's pretty much the same character. Yes, yeah. She was Aunt March in Little Women. She got to be always little. That's yeah, right. <laughs> if she wasn't n- nosy, she was snooty. Yes. <laughs> and for those of our some of our viewers, if you're not familiar with any of those roles, you will remember uh, Mary Wicks as one of the gargoyles in The Hunchback. It was her last role. Notre Dame. Yes. yes. She was either she was not she was neither Victor nor Hugo. I forget the name. Uh, oh, right. It was like Marge or something. The female gargoyle. Yeah, she was the lady gargoyle, but she had that voice. And her delivery is amazing. Um, did you know that she did a failed sitcom with Bette Davis? N- no. Yeah, so Betty Davis had a sitcom in the 50s, I want to say, or maybe the 60s. I think it was the 60s. The 60s. Paul Lind was... But Paul Lind was supposed to be the gay best friend of oh Bette Davis. My. And he was written out. 
because it was just a little too much, and they wrote in Mary Wicks. It was just a little too much friend. camp. Yeah, yeah. So, so they they gave all of his lines to Mary Wicks. Interesting. Yeah, and it and it didn't get past like four episodes or something. Mm. She's iconic. Yeah, mm-hmm. is she is she a lesbian icon? <laughs> <laughs> but her delivery is really amazing. She's re- she's really cute as Mary Lazarus in this movie, um, especially because she is the original That's choir right. director. And when uh, Mary Clarence comes in, she just feels, you, you know, you could tell she feels a little betrayed. That, this is uh, a mutiny. Yeah. I know what this is. <laughs> you got pushed out. And now you get to sing in the choir. Yeah. I mean, yeah, she still gets to sing in the choir. Um, but her her story is that she's about discipline. She's about like, she's a little bit more of your like archetypical like nun. You know, she's about like discipline well, and work. Did you have a clip of her talking about? Her original convent? Her original convent? Uh, yes, I do. Oh, I must say, our habits do cut you at the neck just a bit. Yeah. Here, 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 here. It's enough jabber. Vanity. A progressive convent? Sounds awful. I like my convent in Vancouver, out in the woods. Wasn't all modern like some of these newfangled convents. We didn't have electricity. Cold water, bare feet, those were nuns. Sounds wonderful. It was hell on earth. I loved it. This place is a Hilton. Yeah. Mary Wicks. She's awesome. Mm-hmm. Look her up. Um, so, yeah, Mary Clarence is not uh, is not fitting in to life at the nunnery. Nope. What, uh, oh, so there was the scene when she, after she says grace, and it's her first day, it's like her first <laughs> moments at, uh, at, the, at the convent, and they sit down, and she... They get served their plate of what did we just lentils? I think you went with lentils. Yeah, it looks. It looks I think like it's like a vegetarian chili. Well, it's which is usually made with lentils. Yeah, we, <laughs> we see beans. Yes, there are. There's many a bean in this. Is a three bean soup. I don't know. Um, and <laughs> Her she, prayer. Yeah, <laughs> we loved that. And so she um, she eats it and kind of spits it out. And she said this joke that none of us. Right. knew what this joke meant and as a kid i was just like i don't I have no idea what this is but Whoopi's delivery sells it so i laugh but she says what are you people a pritikin order and i was like what the hell does that <laughs> mean so i like googled like sister act quotes and i went to like uh like imdb like the quote section and like all these like different like quote you know pages and i found it saw what it was and i like googled that i was like okay i need the spelling googled that and what i found out was that it was like a fad diet in like the mid 80s and it was called the pritikin diet and it was like the precursor to like atkins and like keto so the joke is it's as if she would have said like what is this like a, a keto you know a keto order you know because the food was like gross or whatever but even at the time in the 90s i had Zero clue what that meant. I'm assuming maybe the older crowd. That's a boomer joke. This probably happened in one of the script revisions. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Somebody, somebody, something threw very that in. timely, but also not timely. Apparently. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, so that joke did not age well. But everything else is everything else is pretty solid. Um, if we have to research our jokes, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> I do that on the Golden Girls all the time. <laughs> Sophia will say something that I'm just like, I didn't get that. And then I'll have to Google it and like, oh, okay. I, I see. Making, I get it now. Making references to like Rodney L and Rippy and Pia, yeah. and Pia Zadora. And you're just like, I have no idea who these people are. 
It was the eighties. Lots of weird, timely oh, references. Um, so, so she's assimilating to life. Well, not assimilating, acclimating to life at the in the convents, making friends. It's the the cute little montage of her doing chores to rescue me. Oh yes, yes. We got to clean up that neighborhood. <laughs> Wash the nun's station wagon. Yes, she's like painting a wrought iron fence with like a whiteout, like a bottle. <laughs> <laughs> the tiny like a na- <laughs> like a nail polish. It's like, gonna take her brush. a while to get through that graffiti. Uh, <laughs> I know they did not give her the right tools. But um there's a couple there's two montages. There's the rescue me and then there's a second one where or is that the same one? I don't think it is. The C and C and the this, yeah, C and C Music Factory. The two you guys, different ones. I you're think. getting ahead of this is after the choir is broke and they can go out to the Is it really? And they can go out to the people. Sure. Okay. Yeah, cuz I don't I don't even remember why the CNC Music Factory montage comes in, but you're right. There's the first one which is just to show that the life at the at the convent is is work. We did get the craft room you loved where someone yes. looked like they were spitting. The, oh, there's a a loom back there. Somebody's working on a loom. It did look like they were spinning yarn from, Somebody's patterning a dress in the back. They're spinning yarn from like raw wool with like a giant spinning wheel with like a spindle and the Is it the wrapping granny? It might be the wrapping granny from it's, the wedding singer. It's the woman from the wedding singer, but is that the wrapping she's she actually does rap, right? I'm not thinking yeah. of the two different yeah. characters. Okay. So the rapping granny from the wedding singer is there and she's it looks to me like this woman, not even the character of whatever nun she is, <laughs> it looks like this woman is literally patterning like a dress. She's like the pinning the fabric on like a and she's just like, Oh yep. no, don't worry about me. I can make myself a dress. And she was just like, Okay, she's working it, <laughs> she's got like chalk and she's making a dress pattern back there i mean she grew up in the great depression those people knew how to do things yep meanwhile everyone else is just focused on beads yeah i know they're making like bracelets for what to sell do they have like a flea market or none flea market that'd be cute or is it just to pass the time we don't know yeah just crafts the, craft gar- day. the gardening's cute some Gard- good tomatoes yeah it looks like they've got a community garden if that church had a flea market where it was like wares that were like made by the nuns i'd go and i'd buy a little bracelet if it was oh. made by the nuns that it strikes me as cute. like a unmined hipster thing to do in los angeles candles made by nuns mm-hmm. get out of here you I go to the flea it. market on like a a sunday afternoon after yeah. church and some beaded jewelry maybe like a wall hanging some macrame yeah, these nuns would have their artwork and yeah. their vegetables and you're good to go nuns know how to do that shit man or ladies from that era I would, yeah, we should get on this. We'll find ourselves a convent and be like, have you gals ever thought about (laughs) flea markets? Selling your wares. (laughs) It could work. There's a market for it. Um, So there's the montage of them working. Um, We have to talk about the bar. I was going to say, we don't really get a lot of inner nunnery life. Yeah. So Whoopi's like, I have to to break out of this place at least for a night. I'm going to go to... A biker bar across the street. What was the name of it? Something disco. disco. Someone's disco. Someone's disco. Yeah. Maybe but it was you... like maybe it was like an old disco bar from like the late seventies that just But then they bought it and turned it into like a nautical theme pirate. Turned bar. into a, a bar. Yeah, there was all, all sorts of nautical shit on the wall. I loved it. Bi- yeah. Bikers but nautical, yeah. Yeah. There was a big cool old jukebox. There were also the like local like 
the like tough girls. Yeah, they're not quite teens. They can't be because they're in the bar. They're unless just, this bar is just letting in whoever. They're just like the like the twenty three year old townies. They're like girls from around the way. They have the Tolkien white girl that follows them everywhere. I mean, you know, around the way girls, there's just whoever's in the neighborhood. And sometimes there's a white kid that lives in the neighborhood. The leather jackets, the shirt tied around your waist. Yeah. We're going to dance. Yeah. And, okay, so. But not dance until we are instructed (laughs) to do so by the nuns. Exactly. Well, Mary Robert and uh, Mary Patrick follow Mary Clarence or Dolores. Because Mary Robert thinks that she's going to be um, ministering to the winos. Ministering to the winos. <laughs> I'd love that. <laughs> I love calling drunks wine. <laughs> it's such an old. It's, it's such an old timey term. <laughs> you yeah. never. You never hear that anymore. No. 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 Um, there's some funny nun stuff going on. She gets I mean, one of the bikers by the ear. I mean, it's nuns walking into a bar. Calls him young man. Yeah. This turns into a nun bar. I'm out of here. <laughs> but Mary Patrick has to play her song. Yes. She played. What is is it? Mashed potato? Like what even is it's that It's something song? that would be on like the Corny Collins show from Hairspray. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that they would sure. be doing like the mashed potato too. Yeah. Give me, give me, give me. Give <laughs> yeah. me something tonight. Gravy. Yeah. Gravy. It's it's the gravy to the mashed potato. <laughs> there you go. And yeah, she goes and grabs the, she goes and grabs those roundaway girls from the back. Um, to dance. One of them is played by the girl who was uh, Shireen from House Party. I'll, oh. I'll find out her name. Um, yeah, I love House Party. Oh, it's with he, Kid and Play. I hadn't seen House Party until like two months ago. Get out of town. Have you ever so seen good. House Party? No. Oh my God. I'm going to have to catch up on that It's one. pretty funny. <laughs> Kid and Play, House yeah. Party. Uh, so funny. It's got Martin Lawrence. It's got uh, Tisha Campbell. Um, it's got Kid and Play. <laughs> um, I mean, it's it's gold. It's comedy gold. And yeah, one of the girls, one of the one of the, the one of the round the way girls is from is from House Party. This is step one in letting the community know that the nuns are cool. And yes, you know, we're gonna we're gonna bring everyone together. Yes, and we're, you're not gonna walk all over these nuns anymore. They're not gonna be ignored. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'm gonna pack this joint. What did yes. she say? <laughs> yeah. What? Did she- we got to get some asses in these seats. seats. Um, so okay, so that's why is that why she gets uh, sentenced to work in the choir because they get caught. They get caught, and it was one of those things that Maggie Smith was like, "Well, you're you're getting the fuck out of here." Yeah, and then like she's an like, "No, yeah. give me give me a second chance. You guys believe in forgiveness." Yeah, and I feel like she just puts her in the choir to give her something to do. Yeah, totally. to occupy her time. That's totally it. Yep. Yeah. And at least she's using some of her background skills. Yeah, exactly. She's yeah, she's yeah. using her skill set, and um, and it works. I mean, we'd have no movie otherwise. <laughs> but like, meanwhile, this is like minute forty of the movie. We're like halfway through. We need a movie. Yeah. She, but that said, I mean, but still, the pacing. It's like I'm not bored watching it. Well, because we no, get a we get a yeah. true crime story at the yeah. Beginning. Yes, indeed. There's something for everybody. <laughs> There's a little bit of romance. This is like a There's four. Action. This is a classic four quadrant movie. It really is. But okay, so that's that's the other thing, though. I mean, it is a classic four quadrant movie. There is something for everybody, but not every single like ten year old boy was watching this on repeat in their bedroom. Oh no, as it was a special kind of ten. Hence, boy. why we're doing it on this show. <laughs> 
Yeah, I don't. I don't know what it was that creeped in. Maybe it was the gay male director. Um, <laughs> Definitely. I was telling Although, Scott before that Emil is it Emil Ardolino, I believe. Uh-huh. He um, would right after this direct Gypsy for TV with Bette, Bette Midler. Midler. Yeah. So he got to oh, keep wow. Bette got to be kept in the fold. So he had somewhat Emil. of a working relationship with Bette yes. at, at this time, and. Uh, and he and he sadly, um, Gypsy was the last thing he did the next oh, year. Okay. He yeah. died of AIDS. Died. Oh wow! Um, but gay male director fronted. So sure. Mark Shaman doing arrangements. Maybe there's something yeah. just in the water here. I and you think know, so. but I will say, when I was leaving work today, I mentioned to a straight coworker of mine, "I'm going home to watch Sister Act," and he immediately was like, "Oh." Dolores von Cartier. <laughs> so he just immediately knew of that reference. Is that your real name? So, yeah, I mean, so it did, like, bridge. It did bridge it's gaps. In, it's in the culture. It's it in the people, culture. It brought yep. people together. People know Dolores von Cartier. I have to say, uh, we, uh, Scott and I are both proponents of um, dead uh, media, like, formats. And we have our our share of, of VHS tapes, and we have laser discs, and we've got you know vinyl records and all that. And I often look for for VHS and for laser discs when we go to uh, thrift stores, secondhand stores, things like that. Mm-hmm. And there, anytime there's a wall of VHS movies, and they're all like a quarter, you know, or four for a dollar, or whatever. Um, there's always at least three copies of sister <laughs> which reminds me our 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 copy of this on vhs is kind of warped it's we, a little need, crunchy. we need a new one it's a little crunchy we, there's a yeah. banger music video at the beginning of it there's something about this movie i think you always have to have because yeah. i mean i have it on dvd and i'm not sure how much i've watched the dvd more than i watched the old vhs you yeah. know yeah it's just i had to have it had to be there oh yeah 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 you've got to have it in some format so you can just you know you can watch it whenever you want i mean it's comforting you know, we know yeah. it's going to happen. It's it goes like, down real easy, it goes too. Easy. That's what I'm saying is, is like we're we're at minute forty of the movie and the plot <laughs> is finally just getting going. But you, the audience member, don't care because there's been stuff. Yeah, it's <laughs> like yeah. like stuff is still happening in the I movie. Mean, the main joke of the movie is Whoopi as a nun. Yeah, right. so we're getting a lot of that. Anyway. You get your fish out of water yeah. story yeah. with Whoopi. Yeah, but being the, a nun. But yeah. the big thing and the thing that like kids grab onto i think is the choir stuff yeah and like i said mary robert coming out of her shell and like becoming this like ingenue diva like (laughs) screaming her like her runs over everybody that stuff is what is what sticks with us um when did we find out that it was not actually uh what's her name mary mckenna Oh, I want to say Wendy, it was Wendy McKenna within the past like five years. Yeah, whenever I think I, 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 think I found that out. That Mary Robert is lip syncing. Whenever you start IMDb <gasps> digging and stuff, yeah. <laughs> and it's one of those things that now this role would be stunt cast with like a a young Selena Gomez ingenue. Well, that's what they did yeah. in the sequel. Yeah, they got all ringers. Yep, and Lauren Hill. They got Jennifer Love Hewitt, who could all carry you know, a tune. Yeah. That's really true. Yeah. And they cranked it out the next year. Yeah. That's crazy. I, I think didn't that realize probably that Sister Act 2 Back in the Habit came out November of 93. Yeah. They were like, we're on to yeah. something. <laughs> so, like, that shit was shot in, in the can by, like, late summer. It was finished. 
done. That's crazy. Yeah, and that's interesting because they got all the like high school students that they got for Sister Act two are all pretty much my age, and I was in high school when this when well, I was in junior high when the first one came out ninety two. Yeah, I was in junior high still when that came out. So if the second one came out in ninety three, and everybody was a little, you sh- they were playing a little younger than they were. Yeah, that's crazy. Whoopi was just in. She was in so much at this time, and it was yeah. just the nineties yes. were. That was her decade. It's still her decade. I, I mean, <laughs> it's just we're listening it. to. We're slowly listening to the women who punch the explosive story of the View, and the Whoopi stuff is really good. Too. Did she choose to be a part of the book? No. Um, I think they got one interview with her. And I know that she's spoken recently that she's not like appreciated at all. Too. <laughs> What's interesting, too, about Whoopi's connection to Sister Act is it's mm-hmm. never really died. Because once the musical was made a few years back, mm-hmm. she did the Mother Superior role in London. Oh, wow. And now they are reshaping. Oh, she did the, she, she did the, the Maggie, Maggie Smith, Smith role That's... for the musical. Okay. And now they're reshaping the musical for her, for her to be Dolores in 2020. What? In London, that's in London great. As well. I love that. Oh, that's so cool. So obviously, this movie—I mean, of all her yeah. filmography—has had this great impact. And on it's her. a story that still works. Like you could easily do it on stage in 2020, and it would still be relevant. Yeah, yeah. I love and you that. can update it. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, people love some catchy tunes. I mean, yeah. Or that, or that kind of, or this the spin on you know taking Motown and you yeah. know replacing it, you know. With the church a, a church music, yeah, like uh, my God, and you know, I will follow him, and like all these songs, <laughs> these are like girl group songs, but they work as like as church music. It's funny going to any uh, anything church with Pete because he grew up Catholic. You just immediately know every single all this, all the songs, all Catholic the hymns. Hymn. Yeah, I don't need that. I don't nope. need that hymnal. You, you don't need the. <laughs> you don't need the all book in here. We went to mass every week, every week for twelve years. So is it? Was it just once a week during the school year? I mean, well, during the school week, we went in school. We went on uh, in elementary school. It was Wednesdays, and in high school, it was. It might have been like Monday or Tuesday. Okay, so and, one, but once a week, yeah. But then also Sunday mass, yeah. So twice a week, <laughs> twice a week. <laughs> so yeah, and then we had a religion class every day. But I mean, wait a minute. Songs, Question: Did yes. you have to go back to school on Sundays for it? That was the church that we went to. Yeah. Wow. I mean, it wasn't school; it was church. But sure. we had to go to church and going to going to mass with school on Wednesday doesn't count as going to Sunday. And it was mass. one of those things that it was you expected go it was expected when you went to Catholic school that you had to go back on Sunday. Yeah. Wow. Doesn't count. <laughs> and if you weren't there you better had a good excuse. I you better mean, had a good excuse. You know, it's not like our teachers were there. Like they didn't you know, our teachers didn't live in the area, so they didn't go to that parish. So it's not like, you know, your teacher from that year didn't see you or they didn't take role or anything. But, um, you know, it was the same priest. So, and being that it was private school, you didn't exactly have to live in the area either. So some kids didn't live in the area and wouldn't go on Sunday because they lived wherever it may have been further away and they may have had a church closer to them. 
And some kids just didn't go to church. But, I mean, we did. We went to church. (laughs) (laughs) And we went to St. Stephen's. So, you know, because it was nicer than that church. Every church is way closer to us, but. (laughs) (laughs) Gotta go where it's nice. St. Stephen's was nicer. Scott, (laughs) we we haven't gotten to your favorite sweater shirt. Connie LaRocca. (laughs) Connie LaRocca. LaRocca. Oh, yeah. Connie LaRocca's sweater is got, like jewels on it so as they're um they're going out to meet the people because yeah. the choir is broke the parish loves it people are just like saying like people are just like breaking down the door to get in this church <laughs> and they go to be with the people as this banger cc music factory we this, like that song cnc music factory just a touch CNC of love M- music factory is song is playing and on the she ends up on like the five o'clock news, and Harvey Keitel's wife, who's like an extra in a Scorsese movie, she's like an extra. She's like one of the wives in in Goodfellas. Well, this is her purple mink coat from the yeah? beginning of the movie. So this is the woman that the purple mink coat that is monogrammed was originally for. It's a so, little. It's a little older Michelle Pfeiffer Scarface. Yeah, like, yeah. Went and like. Well, Chilled. Her, her sweater is very, like I was saying, it's very Beverly Goldberg. Um, it's just like... <laughs> and she sees Whoopi on TV. Yeah. She sees all these nuns doing, like, doing work for charity. Yeah. We have to send money to them. <laughs> there's just way too much stuff on that sweater. There's a lot on this. There's a lot going on. It seems like there's things pinned to it, <laughs> hot glued onto it. Who knows? We'll get a picture for the Instagram. The sweater is amazing. Yeah. We're gonna get a picture of a lot of the wardrobe for for the Instagram from this movie because we uh, we haven't mentioned it, but uh, the cops find at a pawn shop a wanted poster for Whoopi. Oh yeah, what does this wanted poster say? It says like, "Our beloved daughter is lost. Help us bring our sweet angel home, dead or alive." <laughs> and it's a headshot of Whoopi, <laughs> where it's like mostly hair. <laughs> yeah, it's like a Simpsons joke. <laughs> our sweet daughter, dead or alive. I love how we always keep that that true crime detective thing going on in the background. You yeah, know, the, the I mob. mean, it's moving the story forward. And we were talking earlier of how younger millennials tend to gravitate towards Back in the Habit. But, yeah, I mean, we have to go for this movie because I think there's just more urgency for the, for the plot and the story right. when there's like a price on her head. Yeah. That and there's it also makes more sense for yep. her to be mm-hmm. dressed as a nun. Yeah, right. There's, there's a reason for it. <laughs> we got big stakes here. Yeah, she's in like witness protection. It's just not like the after school special of teaching kids. Yeah, to love music. It's trying to keep her keep her quite literally alive. And right. then anytime there's like tough kids in movies, I'm always like, all right, these kids, these actor kids that are like, I'm tough. <laughs> And then just back I in the like habit, teachers. just turns into glee towards the end. Exactly. It's like, I'm good. The Lauren Hill showcase. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I could see Lauren Hill not having, if you went up to her saying how much you love Sister Act 2 back in the habit. We don't speak of those times. I could, I could see it just, I could see her just like rolling her eyes. I could see her being like, oh yeah, I love that. I, I really loved working with Whoopi. And then if you said, well, what about Jennifer Love Hewitt? Right. She, she'll say, who? <laughs> and, it, and it must have been like right before Fuji's too. Like oh yeah, right before, right before yeah, yeah, which is crazy, craziness. Yeah, um, 
There's a lot. There, I mean, there's a lot going on towards, <laughs> towards the end of this movie. Um, okay, so now that she's been on TV, you know, her cover's blown. You know, uh, we get a leaker. We get. Oh, there's. I always forget about the like crooked cop. I mean it. It moves the story forward. Yeah. I mean, his thing's taken care of in about five seconds. Oh, yes, yes, yes. We find out there's a crooked cop, and he gets found out. He gets got within, yeah, a Just minute of him even being him on up. screen. Yeah. Lock, punches him in the face, lock him up. Everybody grabs him, handcuffs him. No questions asked. All right. We get it. Um, okay, so now our cover's blown, and uh, the main cop guy, I always, I, I don't remember his name. The character. Oh, the, the lead investigator? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He makes his way to, to... He even sees her on TV, too, at the same time. He's, like, making his weird, like, breakfast with the glass of wine. I, I got confused. I, I was like, <laughs> is it wine? Is it olive oil? Is he making an omelet? What is happening right now? It, it felt like it was the morning. I think it, fe- it felt like the morning. Um, he was also... Uh, he saw her on the, the live news at the same time and was like, all right, fuck this. Like, her cover's blown now. Now she was gotten, or what What do they call it? She got made. So he had to go find her. Detective Souther. Detective Souther, yes. But they say it weird. They say like Souther, Souther. Yeah. Um, okay, so Detective Souther now has to go collect her, essentially, because she got made. So. But there's a problem. There is a problem. They are going to be performing oh, yeah. a show for... The Pope. The Pope. Boom, boom. And I love it just like the Pope. It's like, because why not? The Pope comes why not to the, the pope? U.S. Why not now the pope? and then? This, could, this movie takes place during this, this weird time when the Pope was coming to the U.S. And the, the news traveled fast. This wasn't just national. This was yeah. international. It was on like fanfare. CNN. CNN. Yeah. I want to know like the conversation John Paul II had with like... Pope advisors. I don't know who surrounds the Pope. Cabinet. Yeah. Just watching the news that he has to go (laughs) find this church when he's in San Francisco. Hey, you're going to be on the West Coast. You know, this is like making, you know, this was on like some morning show. Didn't go viral. That was not a thing yet. But like people are talking. I mean, I guess it could have found its way to CNN. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Found its way to like Good Morning America. Yeah. I want to go see her. Yeah. <laughs> that woman shielding herself with a baby. <laughs> yeah. Putting the baby up in front of her face. <laughs> Nothing suspicious there. Yeah. So they're, they've they got an audience with the Pope. John Paul II is going to be rolling through SF and he's going to stop at Sister Catherine. What? St. Saint... St. Stephen's. No, that's my school. Oh. I forgot the name of this church. Oh, Ma- Mary Catherine's? St. Catherine's? St. Catherine's. Saint Catherine's. Something yeah. like that. He's going to stop there. They all blur together to me. Yeah. Oh, and, yeah. But um, then Detective Southern mm-hmm. comes, and she's got to use the little nun's room. <laughs> which is a little dingy. I, I was, was expecting using the little nun's room. I'm yeah. using the little nun's room. I was what expecting is- to be the bathroom to be a little cuter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it seemed like this was maybe the church's public bathroom. That's true. Because it also had an entrance to the out, like to the, the street, outside. Like. Yeah. So this is probably just like a public bathroom in the church, not like their private one. Um, I always remember um, the convent in my elementary school at St. Stephen's. Um, there was a couple of things where the nun. There was like one time when the nuns like gave us a tour of the convent, 
And they're like, and this is where we live. And, and it was a house. It was just a house that was like down the street from the school. And we're like, it just looks like a house. And they're like, yeah, we live here. What do you want it to look like? And we're kids, you know. Um, and they showed us the living room and the kitchen and all that. And it kind of had like a firehouse vibe. Um, and they showed us uh, upstairs. There was a bathroom. And it had stalls. It had like three stalls. Oh. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. And okay. we were like, what? Like it blew our little like fourth grade minds. We were just like, what? This looks like the bathroom at school. And they're <laughs> like, there's eight of us living here. <laughs> <laughs> this is true. Yeah. We need more than one at a time. Yeah. So we just saw stalls and we were just like, oh my God. Like we just thought that was the craziest thing. And we we're just like, you nuns, you wacko nuns. <laughs> <laughs> Nun insanity. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So yeah, I'll always have that memory of the of the convent right outside St. Stephen's. Um, at any rate, she gets whisked away. Right? She gets whisked away. Her and uh, Mary Robert get whisked away by the two henchmen. And I mean, I don't know how long it takes to get to Reno from San Francisco. We're forgetting that she uh, did. They fly her there. That. Mary Roberts jumps out of the car and tucks and rolls. <laughs> yeah, just flings which out. Miraculously, doesn't break any bones. She op- too. They, they come to a stop <laughs> sign, and there's the. Um, it's not Bart, but it's the light rail that goes through San Francisco, and it cuts in front of them. So they stop there. They have to stop, and she like gestures to Mary Robert to open the door, and Whoopi shoves her out of the car like and it looks like head first onto the street <laughs> tuck and roll yeah mm-hmm. and she does a tuck and roll maneuver and she gets away but um yeah do they have like a private jet like to get her back to reno because the other nuns have to take a helicopter right i mean the whole i mean negotiation he, yeah he owns a casino he's got a jet for the for the occasion he he got a jet sure to go out he chartered something I mean, yeah, it is drivable. I think, yeah, because uh, long drive. Because it's it's uh, yeah, it's a it's a yeah, it's a ways. We'll Google it. We'll get our, <laughs> we'll get our people on it. Um, <laughs> but at any rate, there's a there's a kind of a cute scene. I like the scene with the helicopter pilot where they kind of have to negotiate with him. They like say a little prayer for his soul, so <laughs> to guilt him into <laughs> nothing like getting guilt tripped by a bunch of nuns. <laughs> yeah, I was, and that's when it must be a big ass helicopter too. It was. It was one of those big, like, it was, like, a long, so because it fit quite a few of those nuns in there. But it, you kind of see Mother Superior kind of turning around her, yeah. like, stance with. It's one of those things that she has quite the character arc. Yes. With Dolores. Yeah. Because there's some jealousy in there. Is it jealousy? Is it feelings of inadequacy? I think it's feelings why of does inadequacy. She, yeah, why does she yeah. quit? Yeah. We're like, why did you put in your resignation? Yeah. Which I feel like if a nun were to want to leave a certain convent that they were assigned to, she doesn't have to go through the Monsignor. (laughs) He doesn't really have anything to do with And I don't know why she would feel inadequate because the choir was someone else's responsibility that wasn't hers. Yeah. I mean, she did. Dolores did what she asked her to do. Yeah. Yeah, it's true. So that's why I'm saying, is it, a bit, is it a little selfish? Is it like pride? I don't know. Don't know. What her motivation is behind like wanting to leave. It's interesting. But I guess she just feels that the, that the times are changing. The nuns want to be more progressive. She's getting pushed out. Yeah. But, I mean, ultimately that's not true. 
Yeah. They still love Mother Superior. Yeah. <laughs> and ultimately, she does a great job at protecting Dolores. Yes, she does. Because she's very active about going to save her. I forgot that she lies. Yeah. She fully lies to the mob and says that she that she actually became a nun. Right. In the month That's right. <laughs> that she's been in hiding. And it's one of those things that when they go to Reno to go rescue her, uh-huh. like, what's their game plan? What do they think they're going to do? <laughs> Aside from running around the casino yeah, to yeah. distract. Dist- yeah, we all dress the same, except that one's black. <laughs> right. <laughs> Just always always have your back to them. But you know, <laughs> Pete, she's going to be forgiven because this is for the greater good. It's true. It's true. The lie she tells us to save a life. So You know... The when Whoopi escapes and she goes up to the craps table, I forgot the punchline of that joke. Oh, that she was teaching them a lesson because yeah. she gives them the wrong. She, like, like, oh, that's yeah. right. She just gives them something to bet on. Yeah, I was she teaching says, you a lesson. "I was teaching you a lesson." <laughs> I forgot the punchline of that joke, and it was so funny. <laughs> yeah, it was. It was funny when she her delivery is good because they're just like because they look at her like, "What the fuck, lady." You just told us that God told you that we were going to win. <laughs> yeah, that was another good like whoopee line delivery. But um, yeah, I guess maybe just safety in numbers. We can protect her by there being more of us. We'll confuse them. They're not going to shoot a bunch of nuns. I mean, this, is, this isn't like Columbia. <laughs> and the guy and like his his two thugs like even don't want to shoot Whoopi dressed as a nun even to begin with. They don't even feel comfortable with that. No, correct. They want her to strip down. They just, she cannot, she cannot (laughs) look like that. No. Yeah. I love that moment when she's uh, sitting there that she almost has a very Zen Buddha vibe Uh that she's changed. Yeah. She's found the ways of, of the Lord. Yes. And she's just like, well, I mean, that's, she's she's enlightened. That's her. That's her game, yep. though. That's her game to get them to buy that she actually is a nun, because like religious people are yeah. just like, okay, whatever happens is going to happen. Mm-hmm. God's got his plan for me or whatever. So she's like, if they buy this, I know that these guys are hesitant to kill a nun. So I'm and I also buy think some time. It also just kind of works of Dolores and her journey that she's gone on. Too mm-hmm. that something has changed with Dolores that she's not the yeah. same person that she was when she was originally in Reno, right? And interesting that she was going to leave from the beginning for different reasons, but yeah. that sh- when Vince was still, you know, not going to tell his wife about her, that she basically is like, you know, bye, girls, I'm out of here. Yeah, that she was gonna she was gonna give it all up. Yeah, you know, even before the. The the incident. Yeah. No, true. Yeah, she was ready to... And I, we don't kind of... we. I don't think we get too much of where she says she's going to go. Does she say she's going to go to... Oh, I think she wants to go to Hollywood. And that, yeah, then mentions Miami. But yeah. I, she's talking to but herself. But I like yeah. That, yeah. that she's talking to herself and she changes her plan three times yeah. as okay. she's heading up to his office. Because sure, sure. originally it is... Um, it's Miami, Chicago, New York. Okay. As yeah. she's just walking up. Yeah. Okay. Because she said she was yep. first. She said she was going to go somewhere where she wouldn't need a fur coat, and that's yeah, where, where she says warm. Miami. I think. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Well, Dolores has an arc. Yeah, but <laughs> yeah, it's it's like 
Dolores grows as a person yes. when she's found all of these nuns. Yes, for sure. But I mean, uh, Souther, so Souther, Souther, Souther. He saves the day at the last minute. He shoots Vince in the arm. That seems kind of shocking. Through a through like a window. Yeah, like a badass just breaking through a glass. Yeah, that was a very eighties like actiony scene. Get a little slow mo. Yeah, slow mo. The glass shatters. Gets shot in the arm, and they jump in. Save the day. I loved you. Yeah, because he's right about to like shoot Whoopi in the face at this point. Yeah. <laughs> didn't, he call, didn't he call her a bad singer again or something? Yeah, he did. Mediocre you know, or whatever. I you don't, give a, sh- I got you you don't a give a fuck about all these nuns you were, watching this. You could sing in my casino, and then he goes, badly. You're like, oh, okay. <laughs> you don't give a shit. Let's get out of here. <laughs> <laughs> you don't give a shit. <laughs> <laughs> As a kid, I always thought, you know, you're watching this PG movie. Yeah. You don't give a shit. It was like, ooh, oh my God. scandalous. Yeah. Yes. But so Loved funny, it. the way she says it is so good. <laughs> yeah. This movie, to me, it really brought me back to Jumpin' Jack Flash and her and her um, performance in that role was very similar. Just like frustrated at people and just the way she was able to like, just that whoopee character, like, I'm a, I'm a little black woman in a big silver box. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what? One uh, when when I was young, one of my favorite Whoopi movies was. He hasn't seen it. Have you ever seen Eddie, the basketball <laughs> one? Yeah, Where she's like a crazy New York Knicks fan. Yeah, she gets the choice. She gets the she wins to like be a guest coach for the Knicks, but she's just really good. Oh my god! So I, they keep I her. I, I did. I, I was, think Whoopi is so funny in that movie. I was really into basketball as a young kid, so. It was like the. It was this time when we were using the real basketball players yes. in like Space Jam, yes. yeah. and Eddie, and and it's that wish fulfillment of a of a crazy fanatic basketball fan, yeah. being the head coach, yeah. I've not seen it. I'll catch it. We'll watch it. Yeah. It's good. It's not the one with the big dinosaur. Oh no! What is that one? <laughs> oh. It's like a detective or something. S- something Rex, right? Something Rex. Theodore yeah. Rex. Theodore Rex. Yes. I I mean, I I did have that basketball moment, but I was also busy (laughs) still being gay, watching her in the Brandy Cinderella. Oh, yes. Yeah. That's very progressive. There's a... (laughs) The mixed race. She is a a black queen. There's a a black Cinderella. Colorblind Cinderella. There's a Filipino prince. Yeah. Got a black stepsister, white stepsister. And then you just throw in Whitney as the fairy godmother. Yeah. Impossible. <laughs> you know when I was at work today. Impossible. When I when I went to work today, they played Impossible. They played all of Whitney's best of album from beginning <gasps> to end. It started with the national anthem, <gasps> and I was like, I was I was stalking <sighs> liquor, and I was just like, Are you just putting on Whitney's national anthem right now? <laughs> and then we proceeded to listen to all of. The best of Whitney album <laughs> at work. I'm your fairy godmother, honey. <laughs> Bye. I loved her wig in that in as a fairy godmother. That like oh, hair, it was good. Like, yeah, really good. That I would like to do the. I would like to do that. That'd be a good one. That version of Cinderella yeah. on this podcast. Yeah. Um, the Whitney national anthem. <laughs> oh my god, it's pretty. Extra do you remember when in they the had? Best way. Do you remember when they sold it as like a CD single, like at Target? Well, hence why it's on the best of album. Yeah, it was a single that you could fully just buy. Who? I mean, it was that good that people were like, "I'm going to listen to the national <laughs> anthem to the Star Spangled Banner on purpose." And this is when they started um, 
pre-recording it too. Yeah, that it wasn't done live. Yeah, but I mean, but hers was so phenomenal. Oh yeah, get out of here! All sweating in that Sweat like big out, like sports jacket with like it was like white with like a flag on the back. Oh man, that so was great. good. <laughs> Do you have to? Can you play that in the car? You're sitting, <laughs> right? <laughs> I did stop. And- I, I did feel the like the like the urge to put my hand on my heart. You didn't have a hat on, did you? No, I did not. <laughs> <laughs> you had to take that off. Oh man! All right. Well, I think we made it through the whole movie. We did, and then it ends with the big concert. Oh yeah, the concert for the Pope for, for John the Pope too. Gives yeah. us gives them all standing out, standing ovation. They get a standing ovation from John Paul. II. Well, this wasn't like frail Pope of like the early two thousands. I love. He when, was still pretty spry. I love when uh, she's talking to Mary Lazarus, and she's like, "Oh, you've been doing this a long time." He said, three popes now." <laughs> I always think that that's funny just to like measure time by how many popes right. they've gone through. Or she says four popes. Doesn't she say four? Did she say four popes? Because there was a period in, I think it was like the late 60s or the early 70s, that they went through like two or th- two or three popes in like 10 years. I'm trying to think of how many popes I've been through. There's John Paul II. Well, there's Benedict, been two since Benedict, John Paul II. and then uh, what's his what's his name? The third one. Yeah, the one that's there now. Francis. Francis. Francis yeah, yeah. So three. Yeah. Actually, I've seen John Paul II in the Vatican when I was 16 years old. We get so many popes. We now get a movie called Two Popes. <laughs> oh yeah, coming <laughs> to Netflix in December. We'll see if we'll see if both of them end up with Oscar nominations. I think it could happen. Yeah, streaming kids as we watch Sister yep. Act on Disney Plus. <laughs> <laughs> Netflix is still a thing. I know. Scarjo will Scarjo will get nominated for for Marriage Story. I keep forgetting that's a Netflix movie. Mm-hmm. That's crazy. Impossible. I need to get that like little audio clip for my soundboard. Oh yeah, you do. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'll get that. And maybe some some Jennifer Lewis. Pete's in his own little corner, in his own little chair. <laughs> you can be whatever just, you want to be. <laughs> just singing some some Rodgers and Hammerstein. Do you remember what? It's purple. A, do you remember mink. what a huge event that movie was when it came on? Cinderella. It was ABC. It was a giant. Yeah, it was a giant movie at the time. It, it wasn't these live musicals. No one cares about uh, now. Yeah. It was a giant. Yeah, movie. it was yeah. a big deal. Those TV Wonderful World Disney. Speaking of these live musicals, no one cares about anymore. <laughs> Did you see The Little Mermaid live? I did because it wasn't. Ooh. It wasn't really The Little Ooh, Mermaid girl, live. It, it was, was the movie. It was I wasn't. Damn movie. I wasn't into it. <laughs> it was the movie with some song breaks. <laughs> with some song breaks, and yeah. I'm sorry. It looked like when you're at Disneyland and they're like, "Oh, The Little Mermaid stage show is going to be on at two. Yeah. It at starts at four, twenty minutes. <laughs> go go sit down. Give me the Rob Marshall in a couple years. I'm there. Yeah, but, that'll yeah. be good. This looked like. They went to like the spirit of Halloween, and they were like <laughs> deluxe Prince Eric adult costume. That's what that hoe was wearing. It was not. I'm sorry. And I'm not. It was not the business. And even like Queen Latifah, I love Queen Latifah. I do not think that she was a good fit. I think she for did, that role. I think she, she had some fun well. with it. She had think, some fun with it. But I think she was fine. But the thing was, the rest of it was so boring yeah, that that's why everybody was like know. she was amazing right. she was good but it was just it was a high point of a mostly watching the movie with the show. song cuts yeah. yeah whack but yeah the movie will be cool quack is whack. yeah I, <laughs> I, is I can't wait for the movie yes yeah although That'll i do feel like Haley. 
Haley uh, Berry. Berry needs to change her name. Haley Bailey. I, Haley I can't Bailey. remember it. Haley Bailey. And I just think of Haley Bailey. Uh, I just think of Haley Berry. <laughs> See, <laughs> it'll be your tongue twister. Yeah, Haley Berry or Haley Bailey. <laughs> it's one of those things that when I want to remember her name, I just pause and I'm just like, whatever her name. What is. was it again? But that girl is yeah. beautiful, though. Yeah, she looks gorgeous. like a drawing. Like she looks like a like she looks like a little a little uh, anime mermaid? character came to life. She does. Yeah, her face. is crazy. What do they call that? What the begins with a K? Uh, kawaii. Uh, a kawaii. Yeah, she's very kawaii. Cartoon. Yeah. Yep. Yes, indeed. Well, all right. Well, we got to wrap this up because Sister Act was awesome. Do we recommend people to watch Sister Act too? It's on Disney Plus. Put watch little, it. Put a little bow on it. Yes. Yeah. Might Lots of fun. Too. And it's also one of those movies that whenever you see when it's on cable, mm-hmm. like can't cancel your plans for the night. You're watching. <laughs> you're watching. I'm Sister just gonna Act. finish this. I had somewhere to be, but I'm just gonna finish it up. Do we have any final thoughts on Sister Act and and how it contributed to our? <laughs> it, it surely made me gay. I mean, <laughs> if, if you're not gay by the first Motown medley, yeah. then I mean, Whoopi is an icon. She's yes. great. Yes. It's whoop. It's whoopee. Yes, indeed. She's a treasure. <laughs> agreed. Agreed. Well, this was a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun to be here. Yeah, good. I, I, I'm glad. Uh, I'm glad you had a good time. And you know, it's one of those things that <laughs> when you're a kid and you see Whoopi headlining this major motion picture, yeah. you don't think of when you're a little kid. There's a a black woman that's like the main character of a movie right. and how unusual that is yeah. I just remember when watching this movie just completely accepting it and just not even thinking of any of that right. too yeah and yeah I mean she was Whoopi was she was one of a kind no one had existed quite like her before too yeah I mean she was already she was already successful but this she made had her almost ah, she yeah, had almost sure. won sure. best actress which would have been a huge deal if he would have actually won for the color purple. Yep. Yeah. But, yeah. Yeah. She's so good in color purple, too. Mm-hmm. So good. Yeah. Well, kids, if you haven't seen Sister Act, there's no excuse because it's on Disney+. And I know all you idiots have completely forgotten about Netflix and Hulu yep. the past two <laughs> weeks. <laughs> and I'm focusing all of your time and energy into rewatching Bonkers and <laughs> Boy Meets World. <laughs> some of the deep cuts in disney plus i'm telling you chef's kiss i would have liked to have seen the 90s mickey mouse club on there but i get it why it's not there it's the licensing it's it's the licensing with the music yeah for sure Ah. for sure because they were just straight up doing kids incorporated style covers on that show it's very true but oh it Do we feel betrayed that it's not actually Mary, Mary the actress that's Mary Robert singing? Whatever. We're okay with it. <laughs> At least we got the performance. It made us feel something when we were watching it. Oh, goodness. Well, this was a lot of fun. Thank you for coming on our show. Thank you so much. Thank you you will be back on. Yeah, Soon. for sure. So fun. Think of more movies that turned you into homosexual. <laughs> <laughs> we'll watch those. And what I love about you is that we can just both geek out about the Academy Awards <laughs> and just way overthink Oscar predicting to the extent of just like minutia. That's us. That like we're just way overthinking all of this. Overthinking. <laughs> <laughs> Who doesn't love overthinking the Oscar race? Well... 
thanks for listening, everybody. We would uh, love if you would rate and review us on iTunes. Oh, I love that this is what we're getting played out with. <laughs> uh, you can, like I said, rate and review us on iTunes. You can uh, leave us five stars. You can leave us a good review if you like us. You can follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Movies That Made Us Gay. We're also on Twitter at MTMUG Pod. That's at Movies That Made Us Gay Pod. And uh, drop us a line. We are very active on Instagram. If you have any questions, comments, uh, any movies you'd like for us to review in the future, go ahead and do that there. We're coming up on the holidays soon. We are coming up on the holidays soon. We've got some good holiday movies coming. And, uh, yeah, keep listening, everybody. Thank you so much. Thank you one more time, Josh Clement. That was amazing. Thank you, guys. Bye. Bye, everybody. Bye.